Before we take the scripture reading, I want to assure you that the vaccine will not kill you. Hallelujah. I said the vaccine will not kill you. Whatever propaganda is going around, listen. If paracetamol, chloroquine, tramadol doesn't kill, it, no, tramadol is not part of it. If those ones do not kill, this one, listen. Even if it is meant to kill you, Madu, the Lord will turn it around. Hallelujah. Scripture reading. First Timothy chapter 2. First Timothy chapter 2 from the verses 1 to 10. Hallelujah. It says that the topic is pray for all people. First of all then, I urge that supplications, prayer, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, somebody say, for there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. For this I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am telling the truth, I am not lying. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. I desire then that in every place that men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Likewise also that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel, with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair, <laughs> and gold or pearls or costly attire, <laughs> but with what is proper for women who profess godliness with good works. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That part, Reverend will preach on it later because I cannot. Hallelujah. Beloved, it's time for the word of God. We are going to hear the voice you might see her as a woman, but the reason why I said a preacher man is that she's like a warrior. Hallelujah. She's like a warrior on the battlefield. And when she comes, you understand. Our music director of Calvary Baptist Church is here herself. Mrs. Gertrude. Mrs. Gertrude. Put your hands together for Mrs. Gertrude. Hallelujah. With all of my heart, with all of my soul, I give you the praise. Thank you. Oh. The last time I preached here, something happened. Right? Today, it didn't happen. <laughs> Amen. They messed up. <laughs> so today of all days, we have messed up. Thank God for your lives. 
Hallelujah. Pardon me. They messed up. They, they, they spoiled the song that last time. Not today. Today was good. <laughs> Papa, thank you for another opportunity to share the word of God. Thank you for having me here. Thank God for life. Thank God for worship. Thank God for his goodness. Thank God for his mercies. Shall we pray? Dear Lord, we have come to your presence this morning for you to teach us. Lord, teach us how to worship you. Teach us how to adore you. Oh Lord, we are asking that your Holy Spirit will be here in a special way this morning to help us to learn how to come to your presence, how to come to your throne and how to worship you. Use me only as a channel of blessing to your honor and to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. In this past month, I mean, from last month, we have been studying and learning about worship. So many things we have learned about worship, what worship is, how to worship, many truths about worship. Today we want to look at how to experience God's presence when we meet to worship. How to experience God's presence or God's power when we meet to worship. There are so many passages in the Bible admonishing us to come together as God's people to worship every week. And in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, it says that we should not neglect meeting together, that we should meet together to encourage one another. In Psalm 34, verse 3, it says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. In Psalm 86, verse 9, it says, All nations whom you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and they shall glorify your name. And Psalm 95, verse 6 says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. And in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 to 11, God made the heavens and the earth in six days and blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. And that we should remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Gathering to worship brings us together as a family. In John chapter 4, verse 24, Jesus says, God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. In other words, Jesus is saying, when people worship in spirit, they are worshiping in sincerity and from the heart. Jesus requires his followers to prepare their hearts for worship encounter with the Holy Spirit. And in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus again promises that whenever we come together, he will be in our midst. He says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I with them. Again, in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. 
If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. So whenever we meet to worship, as Jesus wants us to, his presence should be with us. But is it always so? Do we always feel God's presence when we worship? Do we come and go home changed? Today, sadly, worship has been reduced almost universally to what happens when we sing. If we come and we have not sung, we have not worshipped. And even with singing, we must sing what we call contemporary songs. That is the only reason why we come to church. And when we come and we worship, then we should come and sing popular songs. By the way, the word contemporary or contemporary music does not mean songs that uses just instruments. Contemporary music is anything composed in the now, anything that was created now in the present time. And so I can write a hymn and it is contemporary. I can take a hymn and rearrange it and it is contemporary. I can write classic and it is contemporary. It doesn't mean songs that you play or sounds that has special groove or beats. Unfortunately, that is what people think now. And by the way, some hymns show signs of being around for decades. Think about blessed assurance. What a friend we have in Jesus. Have faith in God. Captain of Israel's host. You name them. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. The solid rock. Many of them. They were written long time ago. And yet today, when we sing them, there is power behind them. Unfortunately, some songs that people call contemporary were written by people who do not know the Bible or don't know them well and therefore do not last. Hallelujah. So the main issue today in our worship services is not a musical one. No. The main issue today in our worship services, it is not about the style of worship, being a traditional, classic, um, blended, contemporary. No, that is not the main issue about worship today. The main issue today in worship is a heart problem. It is not about how we worship, it is about who we worship. What is the one thing that is most important to you? And so there may be reasons why we may not feel God's power when we come together to worship. And we want to look at some of these. The first one, the first reason why we may not experience God's power in our worship is because we offer God our divided loyalty and leftover sacrifices. What have you done throughout the week? How have you lived your life throughout the week? Many people who attend church today have left their first love. 
We will worship what we love the most, and most of the time, it is not God. It could be our money, it could be our family, it could be our jobs, it could be our business, it could be our clothes. Unfortunately, in Revelation chapter 2, verse 1 to 5, and I'll read the New International Version, Revelation chapter 2, verse 1 to 5, says, To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, These are words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. Verse 2, I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. And I jump to verse 4, and yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. I have been in Calvary Baptist Church since 1980. And I have seen what, the things that we did when we were young. Man, we will come and clean the auditorium. Do we need to scrub the place? Yes, we will organize ourselves, come and scrub. I remember very well, as a young teacher, teaching around Kokomemle, Papa asked me to draw the, the church building for a postcard. Wow, I was so excited about it. I would walk from Panama, Kokomimle, to Adabraka during my lunch break and draw the building. And with that enthusiasm I had, yes, I'm drawing a building that will be used as a postcard for the church. I remember when we were in the choir at that time, we would stay all night to learn songs like Alekbegbe, things that were difficult, and we were willing to stay all night we're so happy about it. We will eat kenke, do all things, and stay throughout the night. And we will learn the song and we'll very, feel very good about it. Today, administrator will have to hire people to come and wash the auditorium. Today, when it is 8.30, you teach the choir something at that time. You're only wasting your time. Because it's time for us to go home. Where is your first lap? If Jesus were to have a word for us today, it would be love me, worship me, trust me. What is the one thing that is most important to you? You know it. Sometimes it is not God. If you are to experience the power of God in our worship, then each and every one of us must prepare ourselves throughout the week to come to his presence. What should we do? Pray for the church. Pray for the preachers. Pray for the pastors. Pray for the singers. Pray for God to lead us as to, as to how he wants his worship to be. We must all prepare ourselves for the day we meet. And as leaders, as instrumentalists, as church members, we all spend time praying and getting ourselves ready to meet the Lord on Sundays. Does that happen? There can never be true worship without true worshipers. God is not seeking worship. 
God is seeking worshippers. Are you a worshipper? Otherwise, if God were to be seeking just worship, you could just play a CD and we'll be done with church. But God needs us to be worshippers. Prepare yourselves for Sunday. Do not come to church with your leftover sacrifices. The second reason why we may not experience God's power in our worship is when people attend worship with no thought of giving, but only of getting. You watch. Some people come to church and they have come to be spectators. They are only here to watch people standing on the pulpit and just being spectators. They don't come to participate in what happens. Even singing, no. Clap your hands, no. Dance, no. We must all come to church and come to participate in what we do in church. People who lead in the church must know that they are here only to lead people to God's presence. The third reason why we may not experience his power is when God is used to display man's style rather than man's style being used to display and glorify God. See, worship is misplaced when people adore a person instead of God. And so when you come to church and that person you adore is no more there, I will not come again because that person I adore so much is not there or is not leading, is not the one who is singing. Worship is misplaced when we do that. Worship is misplaced when people leave the church because their pastor, their music leader, their instrumentalists are not perfect. They are not good. So I want to leave. You have not come to worship. People must understand that they are not to place their focus on a person. Man is not worthy of worship. Only God is. And so you come to church to worship God, not man. It is not true worship if someone on the platform stands here to exalt him or herself. And sometimes you can see that. Sometimes people who stand here draw attention to themselves. And you can see that uh, through so many things. Their dressing, their posture, their facial expressions, their, their attitude, so on and so forth. You can tell that they are just here to draw attention to themselves. God is a jealous God. And he will not share his glory with man. And so when we come to worship, we have come to his throne and everything else centers around his throne. And as long as someone else is on that throne, we will never experience his presence. Hallelujah. The fourth reason why we may not experience God's presence is when we go on with our worship in spite of broken relationships, unforgiveness, hatred, bitterness, disrespect to leadership, disobedience, backbiting in the body of Christ. When these things happen, 
we will not experience his presence. Broken relationships hinders the presence of God. The fifth reason is that when God sees amongst worship leaders, that is choristers, singers, praise and worship leaders, instrumentalists, or any leader, those who are known to have never put their faith in Jesus, and yet they have found themselves in the church playing roles. And this happens a lot, especially these days where we believe that worship is singing or worship is music. And so there is competition amongst churches. People are going around looking for musicians, instrumentalists. And so they go and come. Most of them are not believers. They do not know the Lord. They have never put their faith in him. And so they hop from church to church. They call it shabu or killing. They come to the church to play. And as soon as praise and worship is over, they are done with their band playing. They hop to another church to play. They don't know the Lord. They are in for business. And these days, there's so much competition. I tell you, that a pastor will call them and tell them, look, you come, I'll give you more than they are giving you. It has even happened in our church. I remember we had these youngsters we trained in the church. They were so happy playing for the teen chapel. Then all of a sudden, they all decided to go away. Then I called one of them. I said, young man, you come back. He said, auntie, you were giving me 200. That pastor is giving me 800. And so if you will give me 800, I will come back. I said, go, the road is your front. They have not come to worship. They have come to do killing. And when that happens, and we have them all over the place, we will not experience God's worship, God's presence in our worship. Amen. Again, when God sees amongst worship leaders, even though church leaders are knowingly living in sin and yet allowed to perform the sacred duty of leadership. Why? Because their talents are needed. And so whether the people are living right or not, use them because they have talents. Do not use them and you will be in trouble. You hate them. You don't like them or you are jealous of their talents. Bible says we should lift up holy hands unto the Lord. You must confess your sins before you lift up holy hands unto him. Amen. And so when we do that, then we are putting our stamp of approval on their behavior. Leaders must be spiritually in tune. The seventh reason why we may not experience his power is, and I know it doesn't happen often here, one more time is given to announcements and other things instead of to prayer. Again, when our offertory is taken at the wrong time, offering is our response to God's word. And so after we have come to his throne, we have worshipped him, and God has spoken to us, then we respond with our worship of giving 
So with joy we come to give our offerings, our substance to the Lord. The eighth reason why we may not experience his presence is when we go through an entire worship service singing about him but never saying anything to him. What do I mean? Our worship services must be in faces. Remember, I think about a month ago when Papa preached, he took us through the faces of worship. And I can tell you the number of people who were blessed. I mean, somebody called me around 9 p.m. to tell me that he wept three times. When we do it the right way, the heavenly way, then we will experience his presence. You cannot tell me that that day we did not experience God's presence. We did. Because we did it the way he wanted us to do it. So one time we will have to come and... and, and Sing, call upon each other to sing unto him. Then the second time, the second phase, we would have to come and sing to him. Then the third phase is when he comes to talk to us. And let's look at Revelation chapter 4, verse 8 to 11. Revelation chapter 4, verse 8 to 11. John saw a vision of the throne room of heaven, and John experienced worship. John, when he experienced worship, he saw God's throne and everything else arranging itself around the throne of God. John saw the people worshiping him and acknowledging God as the one, only one who has authority. They acknowledged his power, his dominion, his control, and his supremacy. And then on, in verse 8, the Bible says, each of the four living creatures had wings and was covered with eyes all around, even its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, holy, holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Worship that takes place from person to person. And this is called horizontal worship. And so when we meet to worship, there are times that we should sing songs that call upon each other to come and worship God. Songs like holy, holy,
12 from verse 9 to 11, he saw that whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders bow down before the throne and say, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created. So you see here that after they have called upon themselves to come and worship God, now they go before the throne, bow down, and all they say is, you are, you are, you are, you are. Expressing their love to him, declaring that he alone needs to be worshipped. This is the second phase of our worship. And this is vertical worship. Worship directed to him and to him alone. And these are, the, the, these are some of the songs that we need to sing during that time. You are one.
We did not ask you to stand. We did not ask you to raise your hands and worship him. You did it because you want to worship him. Most of the time, worship leaders mix them up. They will be singing worship songs. All of a sudden, they start singing about warfare songs because they are contemporary, because they are new. When we worship the way we are supposed to, the way Jesus wants us to worship as it is in heaven, we will experience his presence. There will be power in our worship. Final reason why we may not experience God's power in our worship is that when we say we have worshipped, yet without one word, or act of repentance, brokenness, surrender, or sacrifice. Where there are no so many smiles in the church, but there is no sign of brokenness. People come and they go as they came. They come, people who come and they are even living in sin. They come and nothing. Nothing pushes them to live right. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9, 1 to 9, there is an encounter of the prophet Isaiah's, the worship encounter that prophet Isaiah had with God. Remember, Isaiah is a prophet of God. And in the same book of Isaiah, chapters 1 and 3, Isaiah was the same person who was warning God's people about their sins. Repent. You are living in sin. I am the prophet of God. Repent. What happens in chapter 6, verse 1 to 4? Isaiah recognized his sin in the light of God's holiness. Isaiah saw the Lord, the Bible tells us, And Isaiah saw the angels of God worship God on his throne. In fact, they use the same words. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And then what does the Bible say? When Isaiah saw the angels worshiping and saw how holy the Lord is, he said, woe is me. Isaiah said, in in verse 5, he cried, Woe to me! I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Isaiah, the messenger of God. And yet when he met the presence of God, when he came to his presence, he realized that, no, I am a man of sin. Isaiah was specific about his sin. He said, my lips, I have said things that I'm not supposed to say. Yes, God, I am a sinful man. A man of unclean lips. And in verse 6, we are told that the angel of the Lord took a coal and applied it to the point of confession. Because he confessed about his lips, the coal was applied to his lips. What do you have to confess to God about when you come to his presence. Isaiah was specific in his confession and the Lord 
was specific in his forgiveness and cleansing. Then, when Isaiah confessed his sins, he receives grace and was sent on a mission. Bible tells us that then Isaiah said, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for me? And I said, here am I. Send me. Whenever the power of God is experienced in worship, there is awesome sense of God's holiness. Then repentance and there is always fire. In 1 Kings chapter 18 verse 24, Elijah cried out, the God who answers by fire, he is God. Again, on the day of Pentecost, as I, Acts chapter 2 says, there were tongues of fire descending on all those who had gathered in the upper room. So in many of our worship services today, we substitute man's firecrackers for God's presence. Firecrackers from God's presence. You know, flames of God's heat. That is what we need in our presence. We need the presence of the Lord whenever we come to meet. Firecrackers makes lots of noise. Firecrackers generate a lot of excitement, but they will not cause you to repent of your sins. Firecrackers will not warm your heart. Firecrackers will not light the fire of God in your heart. Firecrackers will not cause you to surrender to him. Only the presence of the Lord will make you surrender to him. Worship that does not result in surrender and sacrifice is not true worship. And so therefore, when we meet to worship, we must truly come to adore him. We must truly come to listen to him. We must be convicted of sin. We must be willing to repent of our sins. And we must surrender to his will whenever we come to worship him truly as Jesus said. We must have only one motive whenever we come to worship him. We must have only one agenda, one desire, and that is to meet God in worship. There must be a difference in the way we live during the week if we truly come to worship him. When we truly experience the presence of God, our response always has to be, Lord, what do you want me to do? May God bless us all. May we be found numbered amongst his worshippers. Amen.
in the name of Jesus. We thank you for every soul that is saved. And for everyone that is still struggling in their hearts and are not finding even the boldness to make their response to your call. We ask that Lord, it will not be too late for them. We thank you for your word. Help us to be true worshippers. Not, oh God, with our lips, but with our hearts. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.